0: It's Harry here with The Good Stuff, and I'm here with Omid Jajali. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us all the way over here in Australia.
1: I can't wait, although I'm a bit alarmed by the name of your radio station. Is
0: it, is it Bondi Beach Radio? Is that right? It is Bondi Beach
1: Radio. I, the only time I ever came to Australia, I did the Adelaide Festival, and I came over to Sydney, and a friend of mine
0: said, oh, you got to see Bondi Beach, mate. <laughs> and I went in and I got stung by a blue bottle within the first ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I had and to lie on the ground with all these English <laughs>
1: English people, and the, the blue rinse on me, and it's the worst. I think it stung me on my leg, and it went up, and just the, the pain just grabs you in the groin area. It's kind of an it... amazing thing if you haven't, and I'll never forget it. So Bondi to me is always connected with groins. <laughs>
0: Well, it's actually funny because the way to get rid of the sting is to actually pee on yourself. Um, is the way that us, us Aussies do it. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, the blue rinse is actually just, it's pee, but they put some blue dye to make you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not pee, is that what it is?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a whole scam by the Australian government. <laughs> it would make sense. Yeah. Well, okay, thank you. Anyway, sorry, sorry get that out of the way, but go on. That's go on. all right. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, I just wanted to speak about you and your comedy acts, because you're coming to Australia pretty soon for just for last last, um, the comedy festival, so I thought we'd just have a chat about, you know, your comedy, where you got inspiration from, and just a couple of questions down that line.
1: Sure, go ahead. Just ask any question you
0: want. Okay, so the first thing's first, how'd you get into the comedy business? I
1: fell into it by accident. I never really wanted to be a comedian, I... Like. <laughs> I, I wanted to do many other things, and I think I just fell into it because someone said, Why don't you get up and do something else? i'd always done things at weddings just for fun. I never thought for a second it would be a career choice. I always thought comedians were idiots, so I always <laughs> thought it was a, this is a, this is not for me at all and uh amazingly, I went up at a comedy club and they laughed. And but I started doing shows and people laughed and, and and I never I don't think I even meant to make them laugh. The first gig I ever did, I, I slipped as I came on and <laughs> they all laughed. I literally I went flying because the act before me put some beer there was some beer on the ground and I slipped and they thought that was hilarious. And then I couldn't get the mic out of the stand so I was struggling with it. They thought that was the act. And when it finally came <laughs> up, it came up sharply and banged me in the head. Oh jeez! My forehead. It cut my forehead, and I just went ow. And they thought this guy's a genius, is like a
0: Charlie Chaplin act. And then, as I started speaking, the, the microphone cord had come, um, you know, had been detached. So people were shouting, "The cords come out, you twat!" And so <laughs> I, I was
1: looking for the cord, and in, in those days, they didn't have the, you know, a white strip at the end of the stage. Yeah, and I, and I just fell off the stage. I, I mean, oh. fell really. <laughs> about six feet I
0: fell Jeez. and I knocked myself out that is, that is an absolute excited.
1: no I haven't finished I'm
0: not oh, finished oh chase, there's more then, there's more than the audience are trying to get me I literally
1: could hear tweet birds, and I was looking up at the ceiling and I thought It's <laughs> a nice bit There's nice gothic and I didn't know where I was and people said this is brilliant mate keep, this is brilliant keep going and they're trying to lift me up on the stage but it's quite high so this thing on and as I lifted my leg up and they're pushing, literally got the hands on my bum. They're trying to help me up. yeah I ripped my trousers. Oh, my Black God. trousers were being white underwear. And I rolled onto the stage, onto the beer. And I was wet through, and there was a bleeding head. Oh, Jesus. And I finally got the microphone working, and I said, Can I start again? <laughs> I said, this is, is the best? This is the best kind of one minute opening we've ever had to an ex So oh. that's kind of, that was a. Uh, the word went round pretty quickly. There's a new Charlie Chaplin in town. And
0: yeah. I started getting booked.
1: So it was all by mistake, but that's kind of, I kind of fell into it through that.
0: Yeah, I feel like it kind of all went uphill from there. Yes, it was. <laughs> Definitely. Now, do you still think comedians are idiots now that you are one? Yes, I do
1: also. I think comedians are some of the biggest idiots I've ever met in my life. They are the most entitled, egotistic, narcissistic... Um, you can always tell because you sometimes can't have a, com- a conversation with a comedian because he's always thinking about what he's going to say. Yeah, his eyes are, his eyes are somewhere else. They're <laughs> a bunch of narcissists. I have very few friends who are comedians.
0: Yeah, it makes they, sense. And they usually
1: are in their forties. I don't think I'm friends with any comedian who's under the age of thirty-one or two. The, the the ones who are in their twenties. Forget about it. <laughs> the ones in their thirties. Yeah, yeah, just about, but I think the ones in their late 40s I can talk to because I don't have to, you know, and by the way, I'm, I'm talking about myself as well. Yeah, no, that's... I'm the worst narcissist, <laughs> but like, we're all, we're all wounded individuals and just trying to get attention to heal the wounds of our
0: childhood, so I understand oh, them. I like comedians but i'm not friends with any comedians no that's fair and i understand the 20 year old comment because 20 year olds are intolerable even when they're not comedians so put a comedian you know job title on top of that and it's just unbearable oh god unbearable i mean it's one
1: of the most unbearable comedians at the time although he's, he's in his 40s now he's fine but jimmy carr i remember he's oh, quite yeah. crack in the dressing room or oh, he wouldn't stop I mean, he's a very funny guy he's, he's hilarious a genuinely witty guy and, and but, you know, backstage, it is, he's a nightmare. <laughs> so it's a good thing with him. You say, Timmy, turn it in. Stop it. And you go, okay. Oh. And then you can actually have a normal conversation with him. So that he, he's an exception. He's someone who's changed a lot over the years. Yeah, which is probably a good unbearable. thing. He was <laughs> He was, as a He was absolutely unbearable.
0: Yeah, but I have to
1: say, I like, I like him now a lot. and he's. He's a very normal human being, thank
0: God. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Now, you're talking about unbearable things. Have you ever had some really bad hecklers while you're doing a performance?
1: Oh, God, of course, yes. I've had some terrible, terrible comedians, terrible heckles. I've I've had comedians heckle me. Really? I've I've had, uh, yeah, I've had, um, oh my goodness, I've had the worst kind of, um, I've had the worst heckles of all time. But you know something? I think the worst heckle I ever had opportunity as i remember was i was uh trying out a new joke so, you know you try out new material usually uh, you kind of try it on your friends i was told yeah people think if they laugh i'll go and try it and usually there's some reaction but there was one something i thought about on the way there to the comedy clubs i didn't have a try i thought I'd just try it out on stage it was above a pub yeah and um and it got nothing i mean absolutely nothing and then audibly i heard someone at the back say uh, there used to be a pool table in here, <laughs> which is the most damning thing. It's not even a
0: it's just a wistful reminder of a happier time. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that, that was the most
1: devastating. I had nothing to come back to that.
0: Now, was that um, was that yeah. worse than your opening <laughs> when you were covered in beer, or on par? No, that was
1: okay. When I was covered in beer, that was all right because the audience were laughing. They <laughs> yeah. were trying to help out.
0: Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's okay to shout. If a comedian is not getting any laughs really not gonna leave the stage. Yeah.
1: Sometimes it's okay. But what what I don't like is if a comedian is doing very well and it's really funny and then someone shouts, that's clearly someone who has an issue. That's clearly someone who's trying to you know who's either drunk or don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. In Australia you'll get yeah. you get quite a few of them over here.
1: Yes, I'm sure you do,
0: yeah. <laughs> Which is always exciting. Now tell me, where do you get your inspiration for your for your stand up? Um
1: that that's such a um, generic question that's almost impossible to to answer.
0: Yeah, it's it's not an easy one, so unfortunately.
1: Well, I would I would say every day. I think it, it, it's it's more of a, an attitude you have to have. You have to be you have to have a, a positive outlook on life. So that you see things that are funny. You do things that are tra- tragic. Yeah, can seem quite comedic. I think, and I. I just think you have to have an attitude where you don't see everything as doom and gloom. You see everything as a process. And I think for me that, like looking at the news every day, there's always things that happen that you think, no, that that can't be true. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's that's nuts. Or, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, you, I, mean, I can't give you examples straight off the top of my head, but the news, the, the news every day gives me inspiration. Those yeah. Things happen all the time. It's not even funny things, but you um like we had prime minister's question time we had this new guy a new labor leader who was asking questions out from the members of the public yeah and i just thought that was such a great idea and when is it going to be where you know he asks our prime minister mr cameron do you have any pictures of yourself in pajamas (laughs) and if so please could you share you know so it's, it's 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 about seeing the, the comedic potential i think of situations and I mean, that, that's where you get your inspiration from
0: yeah it's definitely a great outlook to have um now yeah you used to do well i don't know if you still do but it seems like you don't do an iranian accent to start off your show um which i thought was hilarious do you still do that and and if so how come you've continued and if not why have you stopped yeah that's a, that's,
1: see, that's a great question that's <laughs> As, as a proper interview, because you, you've done your research, you've asked a, a technical question about my comedy. It's a very, um, it's a very informed question. I did used to do this. I stopped doing it about ten years ago. Um, yeah, that's that's what I, I thought. Out. because people know me now. People know me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Whereas before, they just think, who is it that he's just come off the boat? <laughs> he seems very informed about British culture. He speaks like in this accent, which is crazy. You know and, and, I, and that was fun until people know now, then they know you, yeah, they
1: know you, and it doesn't work. But it was actually in 2002, about 13 years ago. Eddie Izzard, you, I'm sure you all know Eddie, Izzard. yeah, he's a famous d- comedian here, do know him quite well. He, just, he saw me at the comedy store a few times because he was born in Yemen in, in the Middle East, so he had a particular interest in seeing me, and he just said to me, You know that middle eastern thing at the beginning is too funny it's it's actually you you should think about dropping that and just coming out as yourself and then you obviously do some accents so so you can use that character bring him in yeah but it's too funny then when you when you flip it it's kind of the audience feels a little bit duped and the audience feels it's not as funny as the first five ten minutes
0: yeah i understand where you're coming from
1: i remember thinking he doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) dropped it it was, it was a difficult transition because it's very much a comedy club thing and then you think actually you know, if you want to be more of an international actor people get to know who you are maybe drop drop this gimmick it really was a gimmicky beginning yeah it wasn't really based on any truth or authenticity and stand-up comedy at that higher level is about authenticity so um it was it who to told me to do it and i dropped it so that, that's the reason why i don't do it and it's a i
0: think it was a very good decision yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've seen some of your earlier stuff, and it, it is hilarious, but I think you're completely right. Authenticity is the, the way to go.
1: I think so, because then it's sustainable. I mean, it's because that was an act. Because tw- those, those days when you, when you want to be a comedian, it's like, how, how can I do 20 minutes so I can get booked? Yeah. So over 20 minutes, it was no, it was nice. But then over an hour and a half, that's not sustainable. So it's, it, was, it was a period in my life, it was a development thing, and it was a fun thing, and I'm not embarrassed of it, but uh, it's, it is in the past.
0: Yeah, definitely. So today. <laughs> yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. The real question everyone's asking, though, is where can they see you?
1: I have no idea. I'm, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm, oh, no, I do. In Sydney. Somebody, yeah. uh, I'm, would you believe Now this is it? I have ideas I have to thank because... Had I not made that transition, I'd still be doing comedy clubs now. So where you can see me, and the reason why I'm coming, because it was such a dream come true, is at the Sydney Opera House. Sydney Opera House on the 22nd of October.
0: Yeah, and that's for the Just for Laughs Festival. Thankfully, I I did know, so in case you didn't, I had your back. Thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because comic comics never know where they're playing. But Sydney Opera House, and I will never forget... um, when the, the anti-war demonstrations of 2003, the most dramatic one was at the Sydney Opera House when they, when they did the No War.
0: Yeah, on the, on were, the side in spray paint.
1: paint. And I know those guys. I really? Know them. We, we've done a documentary
0: about the whole day. And oh that wow. That sequence is a fantastic four-minute sequence, where Australia had the
1: most wonderful protest against the war. And those two guys are just fantastic. I've met them. Spent time with them and uh they're real heroes actually in australia those two guys
0: i i know them from years back remember seeing that story and remember these guys know you know how to spread a message and i think the,
1: the point they made that when they were arrested and they were i think they were fined 150 thousand dollars, and they were
0: yeah they were charged
1: deported and they said we've been charged for malicious, for malicious damage yeah and if war isn't the ultimate malicious damage i don't know what is so I think that was yeah, fantastic, it's fantastic. Uh, what they did. So, so to play um, the Sydney Opera House is, is a real dream come true for
0: me. Yeah, and we're so excited to see you there on the 22nd of October for the Just for Laughs Sydney thank Comedy you. Show. Thank you so much for joining us, Omid. Great
1: talk, and thank you for your wonderfully informed
0: questions. That's, That's all right. Point. Well done. Thank you very much. See you later. Take care,
1: man.